G'day, I'm Barry Green. Thanks for joining me on Conversations on Radio WA, 87.6 FM in East Perth and Western Tourist Radio in the coastal tourism towns in the southwest of Western Australia. My next guest is a resident of Jalorup and a councillor on the Shire of Cable, as well as being a member of the Friends of the Jalorup Corridor, Inc., Karen Noonan. G'day, Karen. Hi, Barry. How are you? Pretty good. So you've uh, an interest in protecting an area of bushland through Jalorup. You're a resident, so I guess people might say it's a case of nimbyism. I can I can appreciate that charge, and um, looking at other places around Western Australia, so for example Narrabup, um, down south at Margaret River, um, up at Point Grey, up at Mandurah, um, the same sort of charge is always levelled at people who stick up for a particular region or area, part of the environment that, that they know well and that they are concerned about. However, I, I think that it's uh, not really a legitimate charge in in this instance, um, or, in, or in fact hardly ever, because the people who who are standing up and saying, wait a minute, we need to think about this, they know the area better, you know, and that's the reason why they're they're making the noise. And uh, although it was gazetted uh, 40 years ago, this path, uh, there's considerable changes to what was the original plan. Um, well, Barry, the the particular path that we're talking about, I know you've, you've spoken to Terry Sharp and, and Deb Lim about it earlier, and Terry made the point that it's an old road. It was gazetted a long time ago. When it was gazetted, it was only about the corridor through Jalor. It was only about 65 metres wide in most places, and it was designed for a two-lane highway. People who did buy properties adjoining adjoining it uh, did so. They did their due diligence. They went to the Shire. They went to main roads, and asked about it. And typically, they were told, "Look." It'll never happen. By the time the government gets the money to do this, or by the time the government, you know, we need to do this, uh, it will be time to build the the hundred year road. So, um, back in nineteen in the nineteen nineties, when I first got involved in the Friends of the Jalorup Corridor, uh, it was already twenty five years old then. So that makes it it's at least forty five years old now. And and it was it was talked about as a twenty five year plan back then so it's you know it's already 20 years out of date this is a similar conversation i had with tim winton in relation to the uh save the ningaloo reef and uh, and tim made the point that you don't have to have a gun and a flag to be a patriot i think it's appropriate that people who live in an area stand up for that area and really if uh, local people don't want this sort of thing well then it's almost a, a case of colonialism to have outside forces come in and pose something that uh, local people don't want particularly if they don't know the area and and really we didn't know what we had we didn't know the area um, as well as we should have even though we'd we'd lived there for 20 years and enjoyed it uh, it wasn't until the place was threatened with imminent destruction that we actually started going and Counting the counting the trees and measuring the trees, and uh, recording some of the statistics and and realising just how special the place is. So there's a significant aspect of the the bushland, but also there's a significant amount of basalt that will be locked up forevermore if the road goes through this proposed path. 
Yes, Barry, that, that is the case. And this basalt is, in fact, a strategic resource for the entire Bunbury region. It's been used to build roads all the way from Harvey to Australian, Bunbury, down to Busselton and and uh, out to, to Collie uh, for the last 50 years. So every road, every footpath, every concrete pad in every house has pretty much come out of the Jalorup quarries. And it's also used uh, as a rock dust uh, in agriculture as a source of uh, trace minerals. Yeah, yep, that's right. Very good for your garden. Main roads itself uh, and the Department of Mines and uh, and Petroleum recognise that it's one of the areas of the lowest or with the lowest production cost of all possible alternative sites, and also that it's highly desirable to continue mining that resource uh, as opposed to developing alternative sites because the alternative sites would be further away from the market and. Uh, and cost more. So there is an economic argument and some people only understand economics uh, so it's not just a greeny argument it's an economic argument as well. Yeah absolutely. By our estimation there's so two and a half kilometres by uh, 250 metres wide by 20 metres deep you, you end up with a figure of around about uh, 20 million tonnes of basalt which if you could buy it at the rate that uh, Shires buy it, which is at about $50 a tonne, you, you're working out at around about a, a billion dollars worth of basalt. So it's, um, the irony is that building this road, they're going to bury the resource that they need for building roads and they're actually going to bury a greater value. Economically, they're going to bury... M- more resource than they will actually need in in building the road. Sounds like a government job. It certainly does. <laughs> okay, so this is being recorded on the 10th of December in 2020. I believe the EPA report comes out fairly soon. So is it a lost cause or is there still opportunities to um, get some change? I hope that common sense will prevail. I mean... Even if the EPA comes out and, and gives it the, the green light and says, yep, no, you know, go for your life, the election is in uh, March, uh, 14th of March, and I, I would hope that people, enough people would put enough pressure on the government to give them cause to reconsider. And even, even in that instance, it's not until fourth quarter of next year that people would act, that main roads actually would be able to start constructing the road. So there's still a window of time for people to get on board and to put pressure on the government to, you know, show a bit of common sense. While the government might have put a fair bit of effort into doing drawings, uh, drawings are much easier to change than uh, physical structures. So people who have an interest in uh, having this road move, Kieran, has the best way for them to find out the information and become better informed. Uh, if people go to the Friends of the Jalorup Corridor website, friendsofjalorup.org.au, and there's, uh, there's heaps and heaps of information about the corridor, the trees, about the basalt. By the time you're listening to this, it could be that the EPA studies will be in, but of course uh, there's still a process, and, uh, and if there's enough people uh, arguing for the preservation of this area, anything's possible. Yeah, I would hope so.
I'd hope so. And I would hope that um, in March of 2021, you know, there's a, a state election coming up. And so it's an ideal time for people who are concerned to to put pressure, particularly on, on the big parties, but to also look at, have, start having a look at the smaller parties who are more receptive to local community concerns and, uh, you know, put pressure on on the government, whoever forms government, to to be more mindful of the long-term impacts of the decisions that they make. Well, we're very lucky to live in Australia where we can make these sort of comments, Kieran. So thank you for your time and uh, I wish you all the best. Good on you. Thanks, Barry. I've been talking to Kieran Doonan, a member of Save the Jalorup Corridor, Inc., which is arguing the case for the southern part of the Bumbriata Ring Road to be diverted around an area of significant uh, bushland and uh, basalt resource. You've been listening to Conversations on Western Tourist Radio as we tell the stories of people and places in Western Australia.